Hello and welcome to another episode of the In Their 20s podcast. The best podcast for people in their 20s. As always, this series is hosted by Landon Campbell and Michael Holmes. And make sure you're following us on both Spotify and Apple Podcasts. This week, we were speaking with Carter Deems. Carter is a law student who turned cast member on Wild and Out. Wild and Out is a popular television series hosted by Nick Cannon, where the best rappers in the country rap against the most famous celebrities. So let's go ahead and jump into our interview with Carter. All right, there we go. Awesome, now we can see near you. How you doing, Carter? Hey, doing great. Hi. How you guys? Doing well. Uh, yeah, thanks for having me on the show. Um, just a warning, I'm I'm uh, I'm very uh, awkward. So uh, <laughs> sorry, no, you're I, fine. I apologize in in advance. Hey, it's me. gonna be a fun interview. It's gonna be a fun <laughs> interview because you have a lot going on. So we're really excited to learn about what you're doing. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. To be honest, I got nothing going on. I've just been hanging out. <laughs> I'm not even wearing shoes right now. So <laughs> it's been a long time, but. Uh, <laughs> Our first kind of our first question kind of revolved around your school. So we saw that uh, when you went to school, you went to school for law. What kind of made you want to change directions into becoming a comedian, writer, you know, friendly battle rapper? What <laughs> made this transition happen? Yeah, actually, so I still I still uh, well, I was working like in law up until about a year ago. Um, so I think the biggest change was uh, honestly. I went to law school because it's hard to tell your parents, hey, I want to I want to be a battle rapper, uh, you know, um, even though my dad, my dad was actually a battle rapper. And that's how I guess. No, I'm just kidding. He, he wasn't a battle rapper. Um, he was a he was an attorney. Um, no, I kind of just switched. Um, I'd always done comedy and, and stand up and battle reps like on the side. And then I got a couple of opportunities and kind of switch uh, directions. Um, but uh I, you know, I, I love writing and stuff. So I was like, yeah, I'll go with it. So it was your passion for writing that kind of brought you over to more what you do now, which is writing in another sense. Um, so it is the different in law, obviously there's a lot of writing there, but now you're in this like whole new kind of like more expressive, more uh, creative genre. How, how is that compared to law? Yeah, I went from uh, taking the bar to to spit in the bars. Um, that was that's awful. That's good. No, that's good. <laughs> no, that, that's awful. Uh, I uh, and I won't lie. I've used that before, and it, and it was bad. <laughs> it was bad then too. Um, yeah. No. It's. Uh, I mean. Yeah. Both take research and, and writing, and you know, kind of. Even in law, there's creativity, right? I mean, I think you can be creative in any field, even if it's not a so-called creative field, you know, you can be creative and be a scientist or in the legal world. Um, it's all about critical thinking. Um, but in battle rap, you know, or in comedy, it's just different, different modes of writing. Um, and uh, I don't know, I prefer writing about like silly puns over briefs and stuff. So like, you know, writing cat puns and stuff is a little more, a little more my maturity level, I guess. But um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I don't know. It's cool because I have been able to use some of the stuff I learned in law school. Um, just like as far as like wordplay and stuff, you know, I have, I feel like any real world knowledge you, you can gain can help in, you know, creativity sense too. 
And that was a terribly boring answer. I should have written stuff out. I don't even no, know. No, that totally makes sense. Um, you know, we love seeing two industries um, really connect and people using skills that they learned in a past job or a past industry uh, and what they're doing now. Um, and now to get to what you're doing now, because you are a cast member on Wild and Out, one of the most popular television shows ever. Um, of course, hosted by Nick Cannon. We saw that you've worked with so many influential stars, Chance the Rapper. We saw a photo of you and Snoop Dogg, and you know the list goes on. I mean, you really made it as a battle rapper on this very exciting show. How did that happen? How did you land a role on Wild and Out, and what has the experience been like? Yeah, so I was actually, um, yeah, going back to the law school thing, like I was battle rapping during law school, um, but I don't have a rap name, so I just go by my regular name, and I made it two and a half years through law school without anyone knowing, and then I guess someone Googled me or something, and a professor found out, and he played one of my battles in, in the class without telling me uh, that he was going to do that, and it was the worst day of my life. Um, it was... It was it was like a weird like mixing of the worlds, and then later on in my job professional life I had the same thing happen where like my um, coworker started just spitting some rhymes at me that he had watched and I was just I, I wanted to and then everybody was like rap Forrest Carter freestyle about you know um, I worked in environmental law for a while and they were like rap about trees or whatever and uh, I just wanted to to sink back into my cubicle. Um, Anyway, uh, yeah, so as far as like the wild and out stuff, it just came by, like, um, like I said, I'd been doing battle rap for about 14 years. Um, and I saw on Nick Cannon's Twitter that they were having open tryouts. So I sent an email in with my videos, um, you know, and got a call back that there was a tryout in Atlanta. So I was in Milwaukee at the time. I flew down uh, on my mom's frequent flyer miles. I told her I was going to visit some friends. Uh, I told my boss at the time, I was like, yeah, I have, a, I have a little, you know, I'm just going to see a friend. He didn't know I was talking about Nick Cannon. Um, and then I went and did the tryout. The tryout was like a, a two-day tryout. And then once the tryout was over, we had kind of a five-day boot camp uh, where we had to play all the games and stuff. And then after that, uh, they let me know I was on the show. So um, yeah, it was just like a whirlwind. So within a week, I was on a, you know, went from working in a cubicle to being on a, on an MTV show. That is insane. <laughs> yeah. And it's probably like been such a surreal experience for you. We got to ask, like, what's been the craziest experience so far on the show? And then also like, who is someone that you've been completely starstruck from meeting? Uh, because the show has a lot of, as I mentioned, great guests coming on every single week. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, I think, well, one of the craziest things was, so I, I continued to work my job uh, for another almost a year and a half after being on the show. And I would just take my annual leave, my vacation time to do the show and do stuff for the show. So like, it just, it was crazy. I literally went from filming uh, an episode with two chains to I flew out that night and went to work the next morning. And uh, it, it was weird just go from like, you know, freestyling about whatever to uh, having to, you know, make sure my spreadsheets were ready to go for the 10 a.m. meeting. Um, and that's a real story. That was crazy. That was like a that's crazy awesome. Um, also, yeah, it was just crazy because I went, you know, I flew out there or I, I flew down there, did the did the interview or <laughs> the interview, the tryout. Uh, and uh, yeah, it was just like it was so quick. But, uh, you know, and then I the next night, we I think we did an episode with two chains 
Um, I was pretty starstruck by Two Chains. I think um, Chance the Rapper, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, it was wild, like just to be backstage. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I think just in general, I was so starstruck seeing like Nick Cannon and DC Unfly, all these you know comedians I really like. Um, and I've never felt as unfunny as I did like <laughs> around <laughs> just because it's so hard to keep up you know um I'm not really good at roasting I'm just like doing jokes about cats and like you know microwaves and stuff and uh yeah also it was cool though because like the back back like in the green room they had all you could eat food and stuff so I was just like loading my backpack up with snacks and like trying to get paid <laughs> like just uh making sure you know I get my money's worth like they had an Emmett they had like a candy bar uh not i'm not trying to spit candy bars but they had like an m&m bar even though nick mm-hmm. cannon spit an m bar uh but i saw i was just like loading up and like taking stuff back to the hotel room and everything um anyway yeah sorry that's uh, way off topic but uh, yeah it was it was a wild experience crazy experience and it just kind of kind of happened all at once um i say that but after like 14 years of you know doing shows and bars and stuff so um, wow. Yeah. So at the at the same time, you were doing both uh, your law work. So you were working for an environmental uh, agency. And then also at the same time doing that, uh, the stuff you were really passionate about the uh, the wild and out on MTV. Uh, <clears throat> sorry, the wild and out on uh, MTV. And what else? Is there anything else that kind of was driving you to continue that passion? And you said you were doing sideshows. Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I think anytime you can use your creative passion and get paid for it or, or have it as a job is awesome, but I would have continued to do it, you know, even if I didn't get paid or get on, on Wild and Out. It's cool, to, you know, to be able to do your creative passion and get paid for it, um, but like I said, I would have kept doing it even if, um, you know, I wasn't able to get paid for it. You know, a lot of, all of the show, you know, I've done a show, I've done shows for one person, you know, at one point at a coffee shop, which is just like, um, at that point, it just turns into like a conversation with the person and and to a really awkward date and not a comedy show. Um, So it was cool to go from that to, you know, Wild and Out, they have you're in front of like 500 people and the lights and all that crazy stuff. But, and it was definitely like felt like a good payoff. But still it was like you know doing a show for one person can be fun too um mm-hmm. but uh i mean my savings account really liked wild and out that was good <laughs> my student loans enjoyed it so that's good that's good yeah you know you have worked on a lot of different projects online as well um, a lot to do with creating content uh, we saw that your online videos have gained over 10 million views in total um, we also saw a publication mention that your twitter account was featured Uh, as one of the 50 funniest tweets in 2016. We just want to hear about advice for creating content. Um, How do you build a personal brand online? Um, Advice for students that are trying to get known, recognized, um, to find opportunities such as as, as a thing like Wild and Out. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I'm I'm an old, kind of an old, oldster. So I, I came up, you know, right around the time that YouTube was kind of starting, but no one really knew how to use it. So I luckily, I got lucky in that, you know, battle rap scene, the the comedy scene, as far as like using YouTube, they're still trying to, fi- they were still figuring it out and everything. And so it was kind of at the ground level, but 
I think the biggest thing that I found was one, be consistent with the content, but, and two, you know, you want to make sure that it's good content. You want to make sure that it's, um, I mean, the production value honestly doesn't, especially now with Instagram and, and TikTok, a lot of times things that are overproduced um, almost have a, a, you know, can have a fake feeling to it. But in, in the same vein, you also want it to be watchable. Um, but just make what you want, you know, put out what you like. Uh, you know, I don't think, I didn't think enough people would like stupid puns because my thing is I love puns and stuff, but like there's other, there are other word dorks out there, word geeks like myself that like, you know, the wordplay and stuff. And so I just started putting things out there and um, yeah, I, I think you can find an audience for just about anything. Um, that's the other thing is I'd like find your niche, you know, and find that audience. Like there's so many interests out in the world. Somewhere there's like a page for woodworkers who concentrate only on the feet of like 19th century desks and you know and there's people out there that would watch a video if you did a video about how to make clawed feet for a you know 19th century desk so like you just have to find what you love and then just put it out there like that's my I think that'd be my biggest advice and then as far as like technical stuff um you know on Instagram you can target your audience you can target your content um and that's like a whole nother conversation of kind of what I do with my videos, but there's certain tags you can use or certain um, groups you can find and kind of push your content. But I guess what I'd say is just put out what you love, you know, do what you, and that sounds so cheesy. That's corny, but yeah, that was a lot of but, talking. Apologize. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally understand. It's, it's really, you know, doing what you love, that's going to help you produce the best, the best thing you can. Cause if you're doing what you love, that's that's going to be something that you want to put out and that it's not something that you're being forced to put out. So I, right. I totally understand. Yeah. And we had seen that you have been a writer for a number of different organizations. And we saw that you had actually been a writer for the Emmy nominated series, uh, Epic Rap Battles of History. What kind of got you started with that program? And what did this help teach you? So we, we know a lot about how you were like passionate for the work, but what else kind of did this work teach you? Yeah, um, so with the Epic Rap Battles, um, like I've been watching them, I think they've been around for like 10 or 12 years. So I, was, I like started watching way back and at the same time kind of doing my own thing. And I think it was last year, I just found, um, like I looked on the Instagram, I'm not telling people to do this, but I, like I looked on the Instagram page of one of the creators and he just happened to have an email address there so I just like emailed him and was like, hey, I'm a huge fan. Um, I'm actually, I got some videos. I've actually, you know, I've done some stuff and I just sent him a video, just sent an email. Um, and like maybe four months later, he sent me an email. I was like, hey, so sorry. I don't really check this email account um, a lot um, and got back to me. He's like, we watched your stuff. We actually like, we're fans of your stuff now. Um, yeah, let's uh, send us some bars and, uh, We'll see how it goes, you know, if, if you want to try to, you know, if you want to um, write for this battle. So they gave me the first battle. I wrote for it, and then they used some of the bars, and we just kind of went from there. Um, we did it remotely, so I was just in my – I was still living in Milwaukee, so I was just in my apartment in Milwaukee just, like, writing bars about, um, you know, uh, Dr. Robert Oppenheimer just, like, in my – just alone in the wintertime, just eating cheese and, like, looking at Wikipedia trying to get up 
like, you know, find out about Robert Oppenheimer. Um, so that was cool. And uh, I was a history major in school too. So that kind of was like a weird intersection of, uh, of interest. And I feel like the epic rap battle is a history thing. I mean, like it's such a good show and it has such a good, like, uh, you know, like people that are hip hop fans like it, but also people who are into history or, you know, a lot of teachers use it too. So that was kind of a cool, um, cool thing to get to do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I think that's another thing as far that would say as far as like content creators or, or people that are trying to get their start. Um, don't be afraid to reach out to, you know, people that you look up to or people that you want to work with. Um, yeah, I reach out all the time. I get a lot of no's or I get a lot of like, yeah, let's do something in the future and it doesn't work out. But then a lot of times it does work out or, you know, I'll ask for advice and um, from people that are respect and uh, yeah, it'll work out. Um, like one um, person I looked up to was Method Man and I got a chance to meet him through another project. And then, but he's been like so helpful, like, you know, just giving me advice and everything. Um, so yeah, that's another, I guess that's another piece of advice I give is like, don't be afraid to, to ask, you know, but don't be a jerk either. Don't just like ask for money. I think, I think that's good advice too. Yeah. I, yeah. I think, you know, even you waited that four months to get a response and it worked out, you know, you didn't send like 50 emails to the person. It's just, they were looking for somebody and you were still interested. And, you know, if your dream comes around the corner in four months, you know, it's, that's something, you know, that you can work on. Yeah, no, I mean, that was incredible. Like, um, and the guys that have to wrap out as a history is so nice and just like, so, so supportive. Um, so that was like, that was kind of a thing where I kind of got lucky, you know, but I guess if I hadn't sent that email, but then again, a lot of times, like, I have the imposter syndrome or the, uh, where I kind of self-doubt, where it's like, ah, uh, you know, what if, you know, what if they don't like, uh, my rap mm -hmm. about cats or whatever, so, um, but, uh, yeah, it was, it's just been kind of a crazy journey, um, even now, like, you know, I look for opportunities online or I'll, I'll reach out to people and say, hey, do you want to work on this or, you know, that kind of thing, um, but yeah, actually, so how did you guys, like, how did y'all come up with this idea or how, you know, how did y'all, Cause I mean, I watched some of the podcasts, which are awesome. And so, I mean, you guys, you know, reach out and, and the people. Uh, so I guess how, how did this idea start? No, I'm that's a great question. I'm turning the tables on this. Yeah. <laughs> you guys. So we're getting interviewed. Yeah, no, uh, we just, this was a quarantine idea that we started, um, you know, back in the beginning of the pandemic, um, something that we thought we would be really interested in, which we are. I mean, you know, this is for everybody. We have a large audience that love these interviews, but every single single interview we have is super intriguing. Uh, we just love speaking with unique people with unique perspectives on life, um, especially during this pivotal moment, like the 20s. Um, it's a great question about, you know, just asking what people did to find success in their 20s, did to, um, you know, conquer something or take a risk how they um, bounce back from making a mistake in their 20s. A lot of questions, common questions that just we all have while we're in our 20s. Uh, we thought it'd be best to hear from the best people. Yeah. Well, um, why do you have me on here then? I am not the best. I, you shouldn't believe anything I say. I, no, I mean, you, oh, you I have guess. such a unique um, just experience that, I mean, you know, from understanding that you went to law school and were on this, you know, nationally syndicated, um, you know, globally recognized TV show on MTV. Um, where you now become the spotlight uh, to working with epic rap battles of history. Um, there's a lot in this interview when it comes to taking risk in your 20s, 
um, going out of your comfort zone, uh, trying something new. Um, and I really, really love the points of, you know, you really pointed out the intersection between two industries, how you're still using skills from your law degree and what you do today. Um, and who knows what you'll be doing in five, 10 years. It's probably going to be for sure. You're going to be using the skills that you made and created um, during Wild and Out and whatever you end up doing. Um, so it's just really intriguing to see that as well. Yeah, I'm just trying not to have to move back into my parents' basement at this point. Like, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, I don't want to be 40, a 40-year-old 40 going back. But like comedy is a little less um, stable, I guess, than uh, uh, working in a regular industry, especially, you know, during the pandemics kind of takes some hits. But also, I feel like like you all started the podcast in pandemic. So I think um, not to downplay, you know, the awful you know, pandemic that's happening, but mm -hmm. a lot of like creativity has came out of it. And I know I kind of had to change my, cause the show, uh, well now we couldn't film, so everything got canceled. So I kind of had to start making my own stuff again um, and not rely as much on the show and kind of be more involved, um, you know, making content and stuff. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's cool to see you guys kind of taking initiative. And I didn't really do like, that's awesome that you're doing it when you're in college or in your 20s um because i wish i would have started a little earlier but uh yeah it's um because I, I started doing comedy around i was 26 so um yeah it's uh it's it's good that you guys are getting started um do y'all have like in, like what are y'all's creative or i guess what are your goals to to go or you know and what creative fields are you guys interested in of course that's a great question michael do you want to take that one yeah. Um, so professionally, I'm actually a, uh, well, I guess you could call it professionally, but I am in the finance industry. I do valuations. Um, but really, I like doing this kind of stuff where we get to interview people, but it's not just that. It doesn't stop there. I would say just doing different kinds of podcasts, different kinds of web series type ideas and able to take that and, you know, kind of show people it. But have some serious, some non-serious. Obviously, this one's more of like a, uh, I guess, more serious one because of the way we, we interview uh, influential people such as yourself. Um, but I really think there's a lot that I can do with kind of media production. Yeah, that's cool. Um, I, yeah, I, maybe I can learn some stuff because I'm, not, as far as like the, the media production side, I'm still trying to figure it out. It took me 20 minutes to figure out how to get on to Zoom. So, this <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, we're still needing to learn a lot about Zoom ourselves too. Um, but no, yeah. I mean, we just, we have these tools um, at our disposal. I mean, you know, we're, yes, we can have interviews with people across the country via Zoom and we can connect with people at a global level, you know, on Instagram. Um, it's just all about the effort you put into creating content, as you said, um, you know, going out and doing it. But, you know, we, we have access to all of these unique things that can really make it possible. Well, Carter, I have one more question for you as well, because clearly, I mean, you're a gifted writer. I'm curious about your freestyling skills. Uh, yeah, I freestyle usually like to myself on the street. So, you know, people leave me alone. It has moved kind of away from the Eminem, like eight mile stuff with beats mm -hmm. and stuff now where it's basically like um, aggressive drama class, man poetry, uh, <laughs> violence and iambic pentameter, uh, you know, there's no music and everything's written ahead of time. Um, but I'm like, I rely on my freestyle skills sometimes, so I don't have to write as much. Uh, as of course. Of, uh, yeah, and I, uh, if there's anyone, I don't know what kind of, if you guys have a lot of freestyle aficionados in, in, the, in your audience, but like, 
one thing I do is I just pull up the random word generator and then I just try to like rap about whatever comes up on the screen and that helps I guess but also it's just kind of like a uh I guess a useless skill I don't know no I think it's super exciting and we don't want to throw you on the spot so feel free to say no um this conversation we could completely delete it um from the interview itself but um you know, if you feel like you have been thrown on the spot quite a few times. I mean, you were on MTV's Wild and Out. Um, are you yeah. interested in spitting a little freestyle for us on the podcast? Yeah, I can do it. And if you guys want to jump in, just, just <laughs> that's the other thing about freestyle is like you just have to let go. It's kind of like just shedding the ego a little bit because uh, it's not always good. So I can't promise that it'll be good, but yeah. <laughs> All right. Whenever you're ready. Yeah. And you guys can like give me uh, topics or whatever if you want. Topics, okay. Um, for sure has to include something about the podcast. Um, I feel okay. like cat cats were a big theme of the interview as well. That would be fun. Um, okay. And wherever you want to take it, I know we're excited. All right. What do you guys? Uh, what up, do you guys? Okay, so cats uh, podcast. Um, Zoom. I think Zoom yeah. also. All right. Uh, um okay this is uh this is very awkward right but i got more buzz than spirits i don't know if they fear us hey michael can you turn your mic on i don't even know if you can hear us every time i do it this is kind of like free lunches shout out to mr campbell that's how we land in punches i don't know Ooh. if you understand but i can hear it i never fear it my cat was just in here and he gave me cheer it's kind of weird that i don't have to hang out with my cat even though he has fur Sorry, I thought he was going to purr. Go ahead and do it. Fit <laughs> it with the fluid. I'm kind of like electricity going through conduits. You know that I'm coming up the mind every time I keep it fresh. And we on Zoom like that old show on PBS. Uh, off the podcast, you know, I got plenty. And I'm keeping it real. But even though I'm not in my 20s. All right. Um, Yo, that's fresh. <laughs> I love that. That's good. <laughs> That, that, was was awesome, awesome. Like no, that was said, awesome, Carter. No, that was Hey, you did it. That, <laughs> that, was, that, was, that was super cool. I couldn't do that. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was super exciting. Yeah, well, that's all the questions, and I'm really glad that we could see that. Um, you know, that was something that we were really looking forward to. So thank you for that as well. Uh, Michael, did you have any additional questions, too? No, I just want to thank you for coming on the show today. Uh, I really enjoyed the interview. I think that everything you really had to say was uh, very inspiring to certain people. You know, you kept saying that, Oh, you know, oh, am I missing this? Am I missing that? No, really, like, people that watch this are going are gonna to really vibe with who you are and what you're saying, and they're really going to enjoy it. Okay, cool. I, I, that makes me feel better. Uh, I got some more bars for you. I said, yo, Michael, check it. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> that's awesome. And, yeah, that's what we want. I mean, within their 20s, we just want the authentic conversations, um, you know, from real people who have done real things. Um, and you've done some really, really awesome things. So Carter, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Of course. Yeah. All right, enjoy your week. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the In Their 20s podcast. For a full video version, please visit our YouTube channel. And for more information about Carter Deems, please visit our website at inther20s.com.